Episode 33, Mount Sinai. Today, there is a mountain named Mount Sinai on the Arabian Peninsula. But is that the same mountain that the Israelites went to after being redeemed from Egypt by God? Or could it have been another mountain altogether that the Lord showed himself to the Israelites? Welcome to the History of the Bible podcast. After what is believed to be about 60 days of travel from the time of the Passover, which was celebrated in Egypt, to the time Moses and the Israelites arrive at Mount Sinai. This is the same mountain that God promised to bring back Moses to in Exodus 3 verse 12. And this was the fulfillment of the sign to Moses that God was with him, that Moses would come back to the mountain where it all started where Moses encountered God in the form of a bush on fire and was called to go back to Egypt. Much has happened since that time. Where the Mount Sinai that is mentioned in the Bible is unknown. Today, a mountain on the south-central part of the Sinai Peninsula is considered Mount Sinai, but it's called Gebel Musa, meaning the Mountain of Moses, either this one mountain or one nearby in the high mountain regions of the peninsula. The traditions of this mountain on the peninsula being thought of as Mount Sinai comes from a Christian tradition, but no Jewish tradition is left to say if this is true or not. This Christian idea of the mountain being Mount Sinai originates from the 4th century, which means that 1800 years have passed from the time of the law being given to Moses, but no one knows why the Christians of that period chose this mountain. The one piece of Jewish tradition that is still around today is that the Mount Sinai was a shorter mountain. Gabal Musa is almost 7,500 feet tall. Scholars say that several other things point out that the mountain that is thought today to be the mountain of God is incorrect. Mount Sinai has a couple of different names that it goes by. It can be referred to as the mountain of God, Mount Paran, or Mount Horeb. Even this is thought by other scholars to be incorrect. Some scholars believe that Mount Horeb, Mount Paran, and Mount Sinai are all three different mountains altogether. When trying to determine the location of the biblical Mount Sinai, the path that the Israelites traveled needs to come into consideration, although the route in which they traveled is debated as well. The Bible does give a detailed account of the places that the Israelites stopped along the way to the mountain, but none of these locations can be identified today. Therefore, to determine the general location, other factors must come into play. For example, when Moses fled to the land of Midian, he became a shepherd for his father-in-law. In Exodus 3 verse 1, Moses was keeping his father-in-law's sheep and he led them out to the west side of the wilderness and came to the mountain of God. The land of Midian is thought to be mostly on the eastern side of the Gulf of Aqaba. However, it did cross over to the west side of the Gulf. The reason that scholars began to question that Mount Sinai during Moses' time is located on the south point of the Sinai Peninsula is that if the land of Midian were mostly located on the east side of the Gulf of Aqaba, then for Moses to travel to the southern point of peninsula is a very long way to travel, especially with herds of animals. As scholars begin to look into the current location of Mount Sinai, 
Other reasons surface as to why they believe that this is not the same mountain from the time of Moses. First off, scholars point out that the mountain today called Mount Sinai is the opposite direction of the promised land. Although the Israelites were known for taking a long way around to destinations. Another thing is that it is thought that the Sinai Peninsula was part of Egyptian territory during the time of Moses. So if Mount Sinai were at the southern point of the peninsula, the Israelites would still have been in Egypt. Plus, there's no archaeological evidence of anyone being at the mountain that is today called Mount Sinai. During this time, there was a road that is called today the Trans-Sinai Highway. This road goes from the northern shore of the Gulf of Aqaba to the north shore of the Gulf of Suez crossing the span of the entire Sinai Peninsula. It is believed that when God told Aaron to meet Moses in the wilderness, both Aaron and Moses traveled this road. In Exodus 4, verse 27, it says that while Aaron was going out to meet Moses, that they met at the mountain of God. This was after Moses had been traveling to Egypt, and along the way, they met. Scholars believe that both Moses and Aaron would have traveled the Trans-Sinai Highway because it would have been the quickest route from Midian to Egypt and that the mountain of God must be along this road. That is why some scholars believe that the mountain that would be Mount Sinai in the Bible is Gabal Kashem. This mountain is located on the eastern side of the Trans-Sinai Highway, which is closer to the northern shore of the Gulf of Aqaba. The Mount Sinai of the Bible would be within grazing distance from Midian, as this is why Moses was at that mountain in the first place when he saw the burning bush. Moses took his father-in-law's sheep and allowed them to graze at this mountain. At Gabal Kashem, there has been discovered what is called desert art, stone-made animal figurines. Although there is no telling who made these figurines, it does show that people were at one point camping at Gabal Kashem. On the east and south side of the mountain, there has been discovered 33 rectangular open-air sanctuaries. However, these sanctuaries are not set up like normal cultic sanctuaries from this time period. Scholars believe that these rectangle-shaped structures were stones specifically placed around the tents. This mountain is also shorter, which based on Jewish tradition, the biblical Mount Sinai was a shorter mountain. So Moses and Aaron would have been able to meet at the mountain of God because it was along both their routes to see each other, and Gabal Kashem is on that route. However, that isn't the only mountain that scholars believe to be the biblical Mount Sinai. A mountain called Har Karkum has been proposed as a biblical Mount Sinai. This mountain too, just like Gabal Kashem, is shorter in height, keeping with the Jewish tradition. Har Karkum is in the Negev, which means dry, which is a stretch of land that is south of the land of the Canaanites. It's the desert, with the east boundary being the Dead Sea, and the west boundary ending before it reaches the Mediterranean Sea. This is where much of Abraham and Isaac's wandering happened while they were in the land of the Canaanites. Later on, as the Israelites would come to conquer the Promised Land, the Negev would be part of it. At the mountain called Har Karkum, which is proposed to be the biblical site of Mount Sinai, there has been discovered about 1,300 archaeological sites and 40,000 rock engravings. 
Although there are some arguments against this mountain being Mount Sinai of the Bible, first off, the mountain is north of Midian, not west, but in Exodus 3 verse 1, it says that Moses led the sheep to the west side of the wilderness, not necessarily to the west of Midian. Harkarkum is in the Promised Land, which the Israelites were not allowed to step into until many years later. For the archaeological evidence that has been found there, it hasn't been directly related to the Israelites. The mountain, Harkarkum, was a religious hub where the surrounding nations would come to worship their gods, mostly the moon god called Zen. Most of the rock engravings found at this mountain are for the god Zen. Although the biblical Mount Sinai is not fully known, it is believed by many scholars to not be today's Mount Sinai. But we do know that the Israelites came to Mount Sinai and this mountain would be a significant part of the Israelites' journey from Egypt to the Promised Land. Around the time of May or June in our calendar today, the Israelites came to the mountain of God. Here, Moses went up to the mountain to speak with God. The Lord would tell Moses that because he had brought them out of the land of Egypt, he is now calling them out to be a nation that is separate from the rest, a holy nation. When God was calling the Israelites into a deeper covenant with them, he reminded them of what he had already done for them in bringing them out of Egypt. And if the Israelites were to make the covenant with the Lord by obeying all the words of the Lord, then he would make them into a holy nation that would be the treasured possession of God, as Exodus 19 verse 5 says. Not only would they be treasured, but the Lord would also make them a nation of priests so that they could be a witness to the rest of the world of the things that God had done. The Israelites didn't have to do anything to earn the right to be a priestly nation or to be a treasured possession of God. They didn't even have to try to become a holy nation. God was going to do it all for them. All that they had to do was obey the voice of God and keep his covenant. That's it. So Moses spoke these words to the elders of Israel, to which they replied that they would do as the Lord had spoken. They would obey his voice and follow his covenant. When Moses heard these words from the elders of Israel, he went back up on the mountain and told God their answer. In Exodus 19 verse 9, after hearing the answer of the elders of Israel, the Lord told Moses that he would show himself to the people in a thick cloud. Although the Lord had been leading the Israelites by a cloud during the daytime, this time it would be a little bit different. Instead of just being a thick cloud, the Lord was going to speak to Moses and all of Israel was going to hear the Lord. The Lord told Moses that the people need to concentrate themselves, or in other words, set themselves apart. This was to be done through the washing of the body and clothes. For two days they were to prepare, and on the third day, the Lord would come down upon Mount Sinai for all to see. However, the people were not allowed to go past a certain point. In Exodus 19 verse 12, it says that Moses is to set up a boundary all around the edge of the mountain that the people would not cross. And if anybody went past this boundary, they were to be shot with an arrow or stone to death, but they were not allowed to be touched. This included animals as well. The people were only allowed to come towards the boundary of the mountain when the trumpet was blasted 
not until then. After two days of cleaning themselves on the outside, the Israelites were to meet God on the third day. The two days of concentration and then on the third day being able to meet with God is a foreshadowing of what Jesus would do. The Israelites were told to wash, however they were only able to clean the outside of themselves and not the inside. But even after cleaning themselves for two days, they were still not allowed to be in the presence of God, but only see it from the foot of the mountain. But when Jesus died, he gave us his righteousness or right standing with God so that the cleansing of ourselves that we could never do, he did for us. And because of that, we can now be with God in a deep and personal relationship. Not having to stand from afar and just see a glimpse of God, we can now come boldly before God because of what Jesus had done. He died and for two days he was in the grave, sanctifying us. And on the third day he rose to life to give us a new standing with God. On the third day, the Israelites were going to meet the God that had redeemed them from Egypt. On this day, the Lord was over Mount Sinai and a thick cloud that was thundering and lightning within. And when the trumpet blasted, the people were allowed to gather at the foot of the mountain. When the people gathered around the mountain, the Lord descended upon the mountain with fire. So great was the fire that the whole mountain was wrapped in smoke because the Lord was descending onto it. While all of this is happening, the thunder, lightning, fire, and smoke, Moses would speak to God from the base of the mountain. The Lord would answer him through thunder. The Lord then called Moses to come up to the mountain alone. Here, the Lord tells Moses to make sure none of the people try to break through the boundary. Otherwise, they would be killed. Moses was to go back down the mountain and concentrate the priests. But Moses replied to God, reminding him that God was the one that wanted the boundary set up in the first place to keep the people back. So instead of having Moses bring up the priest, the Lord tells Moses to bring up Aaron, his brother, and no one else is to come up upon the mountain. So Moses goes back down the mountain to tell the people to not break through the boundary, otherwise they would die. When Moses went down the mountain, the Lord then would speak to the whole tribe of Israel and began to set up his covenant with his people, making them his and he would become their God. So join us in episode 34, The Ten Commandments. Thanks for listening to the History of the Bible podcast. We want to hear from you on how this podcast has impacted you. Please check out the links in the show notes. Until next time, remember that you are loved, special, and worthwhile.